0: Howdy, listeners, from coast to coast, the Gulf to Canada, and around the globe. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. Well, I'm in Boise, Idaho, the Western Idaho State Fair. It's great seeing lots of old readers, lots of new readers. It's terrific. i have a little story for you on that because it's been quite interesting, the undercurrent of things. And, of course, we're going to have our rant story, and we're going to have our founder's quote. And I'm going to finish up, although I'm sure we'll be getting back to it, the government's plan to depopulate and then control population in all sorts of ways. This will be the final installment. I believe it's the fourth. Last week, we took a little break, if you remember, because I was bumping down the Idaho highway, rocking and rolling at three in the morning, and... Doing the show from the cab of the one ton with my tremored voice as I hit the little frost heaves in the macadam. Doing, of course, just the speed limit at three in the morning. And I hope you enjoyed it. I kind of laughed when I listened to it myself. The first three shows on population control were the three weeks previous. I recommend highly you listen to them. It will gel a lot of things in your mind. And we're going to go over. Today, what they have been actually doing in terms of employing methods, sinister methods, pre planned methods, you know, that pre planning that just didn't occur, that never happened, it's all a conspiracy theory. In Africa and India, just on the surface, because it's too deep and too dark to get into in just an hour's show. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what they're doing with your food, because, you know, food is kind of a staple ingredient to health. And health is a staple ingredient to reproduction and life and death. Oh, but this is all a conspiracy theory, folks. Don't believe your lion eyes. And then we're going to have a big rat tat tat which kind of ties in to this whole theme, as you'll see. And some really good news on the COVID front, because finally people are getting their butt sued off. Everywhere, across the globe. And if you have a claim, I'm going to tell you once again, bring it. Bring those claims, folks. And we're going to talk a little bit about the fourth indictment of Trump, but we're going to dig a little deeper than the actual indictment because I'm going to tell you what it means and I'm going to tell you what we have to do about it and what the Republican Party needs to do to get off their butt and do something about it, along with DAs and state attorney generals throughout the country. And we're going to talk about the Hawaiian fire, something very suspicious about all this, something just doesn't add up, or should I say, many things that don't add up? There'll be a bunch of articles posted on the website on therightsideradio.com and videos. May I suggest you watch them? You can form your own opinions, your own conclusions. But something is horribly wrong with that catastrophe on Maui and Lahaina. A catastrophe, I might add, that's still unfolding and being slow walked in a very non transparent way by the state and federal and local governments. Of course, non-transparency for the current folks in power is nothing new. And for our founders, quote today, how about Thomas Jefferson? Ties in perfectly with this show, I think, and the shows of the last four or five weeks. Maybe all of them, who knows? Quote, the issue today is the same as it has been throughout all history, whether man shall be allowed to govern himself or be ruled by a small elite, unquote. Oh, yes. So the ranch story this week. Well, there's not much of a ranch story. All the second hay is cut, for those of you who have written and inquired. Bailed up nicely, came out great, and we'll move the bales and stack them when I get back. But this little tale I'm going to bring you is my observations at the State Fair here in Idaho. You know, I take a little break from the signings here and there, and I wander around the Expo Center, and I talk to vendors that are out there in the hall, and I've been getting feedback from would-be readers, folks who have not started the series yet, people who really, really, really want to buy the books, or even just one book to get started. I mean, you can tell there's a palpable energy as they kind of look longingly at the book and fondle it in their fingers and flip through the pages, but more than any time ever, there's always some. I'm getting the comment, I just had to spend a bunch of money on my kids for going back to school. Or, you know, I'm on a very tight budget. I just don't have the money. Or, payday is until the week after next. Will you still be here? Or, my husband or my wife has to approve anything I spend right now. Like I said, you get those comments from time to time at any book signing. But they have been really frequent on this trip. And in talking to vendors in the Expo Center... I understand that all of them are hearing the same from people and sales are down an average 20% some poor vendors are down more some are kind of breaking even and these are numbers compared to last year and previous years at this event and it seems to me that this grassroots sampling in a fairly prosperous red state in a fairly prosperous community in that red state Boise is no slouch city is highly indicative of what the federal government, quite intentionally, is doing to this economy. I have some excellent short audios from Pinto, great economist, money manager, that'll tell you what's really going on with this economy. You know, the nitty-gritty, the stats under rat a tat family safety and economy. Go back and listen to my historical stories. History of money, history of the Federal Reserve, history of inflation. In the rat tat I'm going to bring you some eye-popping statistics, which, of course, the mainstream media is... Should we say ignoring? I'm sure they don't intend to. They want to keep us, you know, in the know, folks. So the moral of this little tale from Boise, Idaho, is a reiteration of where we've kind of come together over many years and talking about what's going on out there that nobody else is talking about, and that is trust your gut, trust your instinct. Do not believe what is told to you. Research it for yourself. Use your common everyday experiences to give you the true flavor of what's happening on the planet and in your community and in your neighborhood and nationally, in this case, when it comes to the economy and Americans being strapped by intentional federal policy, which is being executed in concert with elites who govern people across the Western world and beyond. Now let's talk a little population control in our wind-up of that series. So in the previous portions of this, I've acquainted you with NSSM 200, the Kissinger Report going all the way back to 73 and 74, Gerald Ford's signing of the 214 NRC, all of which was designed to limit population, primarily at that time in the LDCs, the least developed countries, but which has expanded to the Western world and is now amplified and manifested by all sorts of insidious acts and lack of acts on the part of government. And in our previous historical stories, I informed you that USAID, 10,000 employees, $27 billion budget, along with the State Department and along with the CIA, is in charge of implementing this control the population, decrease the population strategy. In Africa, the Gates Foundation, through GAVI, his, uh, shall we say, vaccine organization, along with the WHO, who of course is in the throes of trying to finalize a new pandemic treaty, which would give them Authority and rule over basically all the governments of the earth, their edict and their determinations, based on the science, of course, (laughs) you know, which has become a rather subjective term over the last three or four years, would be enforced by federal governments around the globe who give up their sovereignty to the who, just as Biden and the rest of the Western world gives up their sovereignty to the UN, you know, the small arms treaty and things like that. All one big happy globe. And to hell with borders. You're kind of seeing it on the southern border and, to a lesser extent, on the northern border, aren't you? One has to scratch their head, as I digress for just a moment, when on the one hand, people are wailing about wages not keeping up with inflation and a dearth of good manufacturing and other type jobs as they let 7 million, that's 7 million, illegal aliens across the border over the last two and a half years. Gee, Do you think that's competition for wages? You think that's competition for jobs? I mean, who is fooling who here? How stupid do they think we are? And I might note that this concern over population control seems to be belied by allowing 7 million new bodies illegally into the United States and increasing. Not to mention the hue and cry over climate change. We're all going to burn up. I think we only have 7 years left, according to AOC. Oh, wow. I look forward to being a toasted marshmallow. That seems to be belied by 7 million human beings creating waste, creating garbage, using vehicles, putting fuel in their gas tanks, consuming food and consuming space. But look, they don't expect you to compare those ideas in your mind and arrive at the impracticality of of the nonsense they're spewing in your direction, amplified by a completely corrupt press who is hand in glove, or should I say, deeply in bed with a corrupt government, a government where the head honcho takes bribes and then commits treason by doing favors for those countries like Ukraine and Russia and China and Romania and who knows who else in return for paychecks of millions of dollars to he, his son, and his family. In Africa, they invoked a sterilization program and a quote-unquote birth control Program. And they bribed, particularly women, with money and goodies and clothes for the children and whatever else they could think of to participate. And where elders and tribes protested because it's against their traditions and it's against common sense, they were, shall we say, suppressed. And that suppression means on all levels, including just disappearing. In the meantime, of course, they tell us about, oh, racism. The last time I checked, most of Africa is black. Yet, this is one of the primary focuses of those who want to depopulate, limit population, and roll back population. Can we spell eugenics? And they undertook like strategies in China when China was less organized, developed, and nationalistic. There's a lot of evidence that it was Western influence that induced China to go to the one-child rule, which has proved disastrous for China, which they're scrambling to reverse. In India experimental oral polio vaccines introduced by none other than Bill Gates himself in concert with the WHO. Cripple, and they don't have their numbers firmly in hand right now, but it's thought by most researchers 400,000 children died or were seriously adversely affected for life by this experimental vaccine. At least this really was a vaccine, unlike the COVID jabs. And, of course, the COVID jab itself was extensively pushed, not only in the Western world, but around the globe. And there are absolute studies, folks, that the COVID, quote-unquote, vaccine, and it is not that. It is a gene therapy drug. Read Pfizer and Moderna's own clinical studies. This is from the horse's mouth. Not a vaccine. Will not stop transmission, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Gene therapy drug. But there are studies, and you can find them on the COVID page. Go to ontherightsideradio.com, click on the COVID page, upper right-hand corner, and there is hundreds of articles and studies there for you to investigate on your own and reach your own conclusions. So we now have falling populations, greatly reduced female fertility, and greatly reduced male sperm counts and potency levels. In the Western world and anywhere else, the jab has been introduced and pushed by Big Pharma, who is getting paid to do this, and in turn, who pays governments to promote the drug, which in turn creates royalties for people in high levels of government, like Fauci and Collins at the NIH and the CDC, and enriches doctors for pushing the drug, and who results in monies to hospitals under CDC guidelines. Don't follow the guidelines, don't get federal money. Bill Gates, by the way, is no longer welcome in India. He would likely be arrested if he set foot in that country. But there's another way that they are attacking the world's population and reproductive capacity. That's food. I brought you some quotes from those early studies. There are many more after that. On, on the right side, radio.com, upper right, you'll see a depopulation link. Click on that, It's a page like the COVID page, but in this case, all the memorandums, this is the actual government documents, and you should read them, or at least skim them. It will actually make your eyes pop out of your head and your jaw hit the table. Quote, is the U.S. prepared to accept food rationing to help people who can't or won't control their population growth? Quote, would food be considered an instrument of national power? Unquote. Quote are mandatory population control measures appropriate for the U.S. and for others, unquote. Quote, should the U.S. seek to change its own food consumption patterns toward more efficient uses of protein, unquote. Now think about Bill Gates buying 250,000 acres of farmland. Think about all the elites, Gates included, along with Jeff Bezos and others, investing heavily in fake food manufacturers, you know, fake meat, fake veggies, etc., and then, of course, we have the GMOs, the genetically modified organisms. I'm going to bring you more on that in the future. They are not designed to assist you in keeping good health, folks. Think about the whispered, you know, conspiracy theory of insects being used for food in humanity's future. You think this is a fairy tale? I wish it was a fairy tale. It might interest you to know that during the COVID pandemic, the FDA began a $5 billion, that's billion thats 1000000000 dollars program related to this food thing. And the Gates Foundation, oh, here's Bill again, has funded a number of projects, also with hundreds of millions of dollars along these lines. Those links, too, are on the depopulation page. Read them. It'll open your eyes. It'll make you look at labels in the food store, I guarantee you. Here's another quote from that section of the the government's own documents. Quote, big medical research to improve the existing means of fertility control and to develop new ones. Quote, favors large-scale programs that will induce fertility decline in a cost-effective manner. Unquote. In 2010, there was a staffer with the Government Health Initiative in Ghana, and they claimed, they were kind of a whistleblower, that a project that was partially funded by the Gates Foundation had tested the contraceptive Depo-Provera on unsuspecting villagers in a remote region of the country, as a kind of, quote, population experiment, unquote. By the way, the gal that was making these charges was Ghanaian-born, U.S. educated, and a communications officer for another Gates-funded initiative by the Ghanian government and Columbia University. And this story was circulated by a small U.S. nonprofit called the Rebecca Project for Human Rights, and it created a huge national scandal, one, by the way, that you could create basically in any country in Africa and many countries in Asia and right here in the Western world. By the way, it's interesting to note that black feminists point out that these groups that promote abortion in the black community in the Western world and here in America, you know, this racist country, were completely ignorant and absolutely without care as to women's or civil rights in general or particularly black women's well-being It might interest you to know that a 2009 U.S. House bill was titled the Susan B. Anthony and Frederick Douglass Prenatal Non-Discrimination Act. It was co-sponsored by a Southern Democrat who, by the way, also was a champion of the Confederate flag, whatever you may think of that. And this strategy, folks, was really the continuation and the focus and the enlargement of a painful history of medical abuses against black people in the U.S., including compulsory or coercive sterilization programs from about 1910 to the 1960s. By the way, which included the sterilization of a third of all Puerto Rican mothers between 20 and 49 years old by the year 1965. To unsafe contraceptives that were marketed to poor women of color from the 1970s to the 1990s. There was a 2016 study. It was called the Tuskegee Study. Hundreds of black men were purposely left with untreated syphilis so that U.S. government researchers could track the progress of the disease. The Rebecca Project, by the way, put out a report, and it's on that page. Click on the population page on therightsideradio.com. Quote, non-consensual research in Africa, the outsourcing of Tuskegee, unquote, which talked about a number of medical experiments meant to limit fertility, population growth, and roll back population numbers in Africa. In South Africa, HIV-positive women and HIV folks, <laughs> well, why don't we say its origins are kind of suspect? You know, kind of like COVID. But in South Africa, HIV-positive women were pressured into sterilization procedures by local health care entities, all funded by the USAID. Hmm, imagine that. And then there was the Gates-backed health initiative in Navarongo, by the way, the reports, and several of them, recommend that the people in charge of this be charged with genocide. It was a 2013 report. Depo Provera, Deadly Reproductive Violence Against Women. Between 2010 and 2014, a number of nationalist black leaders in Africa began to rise up, began to push back against all this nonsense. Zimbabwe's Registrar General, and I can't pronounce the name, but I'll do my best, Tabawa Modidi, who, by the way, was in charge of overseeing that country's kind of dubious elections. He warned women to avoid modern contraceptives because they caused cancer and they were a Western ploy to limit African population growth. Quote, Western countries are bent on curtailing the population of the darker races of the world, unquote. In Kenya, also, 27 members of the nation's Conference of Catholic Bishops, they declared that a WHO, United Nations campaign to administer neonatal Tetanus vaccines to women of childbearing ages was really, I quote, a disguised population control program, unquote. And they maintained that the vaccines were laced with a hormone that would cause repeated miscarriages and eventual sterility. Africa's Commission on Population and Development, 2015-2016, for the very first time could not agree on a joint statement citing, quote, frustrations with the profusion of references to population control, adolescent sexual activity, abortion, and comprehensive sexuality education, unquote. And of course, the left strikes back, accusing everybody of conspiracy theories. There's a gal by the name of Nancy Rosenblum. She wrote a book called, quote, a lot of people are saying the new Conspiratism And the assault on democracy. Well, of course it's an assault on democracy. So is, you know, uh, making claims that there was election rigging. We'll talk about that when we get to Trump. And she said that the proliferation of these thoughts were simply people trying to advance their agenda. Another guy, a guy by the name of Gassam, author of the book Conspiracy Theories, said the same. Let's talk a little bit about the Maui fire, Lahaina burning to the ground very strange circumstance first of all it was sudden secondly it just happened to ignite during a period of high gusty winds which of course fans flames and the flames apparently started in some way shape or form on the upwind side of the fire in other words they started where they would do the most damage to the town because of the prevailing winds the town basically burned to the ground there's thousands of people homeless they've lost everything As of last count, there's 110 to 120 people killed, a number of them children, which the government is, they're avoiding those numbers, both the local, state, and federal governments. And on the same day, I mentioned this last week, that the United States, through President Kadaver and the administration wants to send $200 million to Ukraine, FEMA announced with grandeur that it was gonna give $700 to people who filled out the application and met the requirements and were Lahaina residents who lost everything, $700. The total sum being $2 million in federal aid. Kadaver had nothing to say for the first week. In fact, when asked, he said, no comment. No comment? Major disaster in a state of the USA, and there's no comment? And then belatedly, he flies two weeks later to Maui, his stuttering, bumbling, barely can walk self, and tells the residents there who've lost everything, lost loved ones, there's still 800-plus people missing, that he could relate to them because of a kitchen fire that he had in his house 15 years ago, and he almost lost his 67 Corvette. I'm not making this up. These articles are all on the website under rat tat tat psyops, and family safety. There's all sorts of rumors swirling around this. I'm not going to go into them, because I don't like to get over my skis on a story like this, but I will tell you that from the aerial photographs, the devastation is, should we say suspicious, like a big square. I'll point out the fact, and I brought you this story several months ago in the Rat-A-Tat-Tat, that there were green laser lights spotted off this coast of Hawaii, coming from the sky and directed toward the ocean, not too far offshore. Of course, the PSYOPs group in the United States government and the media claimed it was a Chinese satellite doing some kind of experiment. But I'm assuming you have heard of directed energy weapons. They can be laser. They can be radio waves. They can be a combination of all sorts of energy frequencies. They can do incredible destructive damage. First and foremost, although there's other things they can do, is fire. Fire. Apparently, the press has not been allowed into Lahaina. You know, it's still under investigation. And the National Guard and local police are sifting through the ashes to find bodies and whatever else they can. There's some backstory sites that are saying that there's United States Marines that were sent in by the Marines, and that they've had to stop eluding and other mayhem by the local police and the Hawaiian National Guard. I don't know if that's true or not. I'm simply reporting the facts to you. The articles are on the website. You can read them for yourself. But the one thing this absolutely points to, whatever the origination, whatever the intent, whether it was accidental or not, you know, they had a huge alarm system. It was like the pride of Hawaii, the best in the United States. It could warn of anything. They spent millions upon millions, yet it never went off. And the guy who was in charge of pushing the button to activate that alarm system... He resigned like the day after the fire and he said, you know, he didn't push the button because he was afraid that people would panic and run into the flames. You can think about that comment. That article's on the website too. The one thing was absolutely crystal clear though is that these governments, whether they're local or state or particularly federal, care not a whit about your life, your liberty, your pursuit of happiness, or your property. And wouldn't it be interesting since there's also rumors of turning this into a smart city area or bringing it back to natural state. If suddenly these poor people with their homes devastated, and this has been verified, insurance companies denying claims, gee, I'd love to see the email traffic between the government and the insurance companies, that the government steps in and says, you know, we're here to help you. Tell you what, we'll buy your property, for a song and a dance, so that you can move on with your life because we're from the government. We're here to help you. I'm going to be following this story over the next month or two as more emerges. I'll bring you more facts. I'll bring you more articles. You can make the determination as to what really happened in Lahaina. Which brings us to the next dystopian story. The fourth indictment of Donald Trump. This case in Fulton County, Georgia. You know, the hotbed of corruption and election fraud in the 2020 election. You know, suitcases being wheeled in at 3 in the morning full of ballots. Mail-in ballots that were folded in neat stacks, which, you know, is not the way they're mailed. Lack of signature verification on envelopes. I can go on down the list. And, of course, in another blatant disregard of transparency, one of the places which locked the public and election overseers out of the counting area. But in Fulton County, the DA there, a Soros-installed DA, and a Democratic Socialist at best, has brought charges that Trump has made claims of election fraud that bear no merit. And therefore, since his actions, January 6th, Pence, the alternate electors, etc., since his actions precipitated the January 6th contrived mess, that he is somehow guilty of election fraud and all sorts of other nasty felonies, you know, inciting rebellion, etc. And for the icing on the cake, they've indicted 18 other co-conspirators who are his attorneys. Now think of the chilling effect on an attorney who's going to represent a Republican or, for that matter, a Democratic, although that's a different set of laws, candidate who wants to contest an election because of fraud, miscount, recount, you name it. It is quite clear... That this indictment was undertaken to advance the theory that Trump is bad for democracy and shouldn't be allowed to run and certainly shouldn't be allowed to be president again. Two, although this has totally backfired, undermine his standing in the public eye to cast a huge warning shot across the bow of anybody who would want to contest an election in any way, including the attorneys hired by the client who wants to contest the election. This is very purposeful. In my mind, it proves there was election fraud. Nobody goes to this great length and oversteps the bounds, crosses the Rubicon by charging attorneys with <laughs> felonies related to election fraud for advising their client on the law and legal strategy. And where's the Georgia Bar Association? Those woke guys at gear and Girls. They're not going to step up to the plate and help their brethren in the bar? And last but not least, this is another of the thousand cuts with which they hope to bring down Trump, people who believe in Trump, and the populist movement. Because the populist movement, folks, is antithesis to the elite's plan for control of all aspects of your life. And you know, the travesty of this is that to defend these contrived and spurious charges, each one of these people is going to have to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars on legal fees. It is the weaponization of the justice system. It is proof of election fraud. And it is a glaring example of how far the Democratic Marxists will go in truly undermining the Republic. Because the Republic and the faith in the Republic hinges on people's ability to vote and to know that one vote, their one vote, is equal to any other one vote and that all votes are cast only by real people who are citizens and qualified to vote. We're going to be following this case for you too because Depending upon what the judge rules, and we'll see how corrupt the judge is, this is perhaps a pudding that the Democrats really didn't think about before jumping into. If discovery and disclosure is allowed, all sorts of interesting things may bubble to light and prove exactly the contrary, create a situation exactly opposite of what the Democratic Marxists who concocted this scheme, along with the other indictments of Trump, thought was going to happen. Next week, in fact, I'm going to be talking about election fraud. Have you ever heard of ERIC, E-R-I-C, the Electronic Registration Information Center? It was established in 2012. It was founded as a project of a Pew Charitable Trust under a guy by the name of David Becker. He was previously the director of People for the American Way's Democracy Campaign, and he was an attorney with a voting section of the Department of Justice. ERIC is really a consortium of states that helps to maintain voter registration rolls. We're going to go into this in much more detail next week. The election, folks, is only 14 plus or minus months away. There's 32 states that participate in ERIC, although seven states have severed operations with the organization's operations in the last year. Since its founding, listen to these numbers, ERIC claims to have identified 2,498,688 registered voters who had relocated across state lines 203,210 duplicate registrations and 65,437 deceased registered voters. And it goes downhill from there. Tune in next week. By the way, you people out in Hawaii, your heart goes out to you. Do not sign those FEMA aid forms without having it reviewed by an attorney. Remember in the train derailment, East Palestine, that the early FEMA aid forms, and remember this is for $700 in Hawaii, included inappropriate. In fact, absolutely outrageous release language. It was later removed, but I have a feeling there's plenty of attorneys that are willing to look at these documents for free for you. About a week ago, and this is good news, the New York Post ran an article, quote, COVID families sue New York City-based Echo Health for funding and releasing virus. Terrific. Remember, folks, step up to the plate. You need to sue, even on the Trump deal. What the Republicans need to do they need to fight fire with fire. Enough of this, you know, molly coddling the actions of Democratic Marxists. Red DAs and red state attorney generals across the United States ought to start launching indictments. Every state has standing. Every town, depending upon the circumstances, may have standings. And along with counties. The same as they are enlisting local DAs, etc., to persecute and prosecute unlawfully Trump, so can we do the same thing with Biden and his proven bribery and treason schemes along with his son and the other rampant corruption there in D.C. Hey, attorney generals and DAs, step up to the plate. Let's fight fire with fire. The worst that can happen is that the left will back off because, you know, they don't want to be drawn into this maelstrom either. And the same thing goes for COVID-related matters. Peter Dazik, I brought you that name, Go back to the COVID page. He's been shown to be up to his dirty little neck in the pre-pandemic coronavirus gain-of-function research, along with his buddy Fauci. He and Fauci and others conspired to hide the funding of the United States through the NIH to Wuhan. Echo Health received, and by way, continues to receive, millions from U.S. health agencies like the NIH. Kind of a deep state money laundering service, you might say. Well, on August 2nd, four families whose relatives died from COVID, sued the Manhattan-based quote-unquote NGO that funded this research in China, basically alleging that they created the bug and released it either intentionally or accidentally. To the extent Dazek was personally involved, and he was, up to his eyeballs, he could be tagged with individual liability. That's a good thing. The firm that filed the lawsuit is attorney Patricia Finn, F-I-N-N, by the way, she was a terrific attorney in New York fighting masks and mandates, etc. And more good news. Remember, I, I forecast to you two years ago that this lawsuit tsunami was just beginning. Well, it's starting to take shape and form into a big wave. Be part of it if you have a claim. Umbrella News in Australia reported a week ago also on a lawsuit that was filed in July, and that seeks to enjoin, you know, stop all further distribution of the mRNA jabs. That case was filed in Federal Court of Australia by a Victoria doctor and pharmacist, Dr. Julian Fidge. And it alleges that the COVID shots and the mandates violated Australian law and contain unlicensed genetically modified products. I've brought you those stories too. Take a look at the COVID page on the site. That can, in fact, despite all the protestations to the opposite, enter the cell nucleus and permanently change a person's DNA. Now, of course, the CDC and the media have jumped up and down forever saying that's just not true. Well, it is true. There have been several recent studies that cement it further. The first was a study which clearly showed, and by the way, these studies are on the COVID page, it showed what's called reverse transcription of the mRNA into liver cells in a Petri dish. And very quickly, by the way. And then a guy by the name of Kevin McKernan, another researcher, he discovered unexpected E. coli, think about this, E. coli DNA in the shots. And he refers to them, by the way, as contaminants. Other researchers have discovered HIV DNA strands. By the way, the defense so far of the Australian government is to point to uh, corporate media fact-check websites. Oh, that's great. And the CDC's Q&A website. You know, I guess when you're the government, you can just use websites and you don't need any published studies. On a side story, One of the central figures in vaccine on the vaccine rollout and mandates and pushing people to take them was an epidemiologist by the name of Mary Louise McClaws, 70 years old, young. She's kind of the Fauci of Australia. And you know, a week ago, after fighting a turbo brain cancer, oh, one of the side effects of the jabs, she suddenly and unexpectedly died. Previous to her death, she was involved in, quote, international disease management, and she was an advisor to the WHO, the World Health Organization, and other WHO COVID advisory groups. By the way, the media over there in the down underland, same as the media over here, corrupt as hell. Quote, this is the media talking about her, the most trusted voice in Australia. She made us feel safe, unquote. And by the way, bear in mind that given her position, she had like the best health care available to anybody. Over there in Australia. Along the same lines, think about our historical story now on population control. There's now an FDA attorney admitting in open court that doctors had the right to prescribe ivermectin for COVID treatment. You know, that's amazing. They're trying to CYA, folks. They know the lawsuits are coming. Now they don't want you to find out, as I've reported to you in the past, that hospitals were paid to give remdesivir, and they weren't paid. In fact, Their funding, all their little bonuses for every COVID patient, which I've brought to you, go back into the archives, would be totally eliminated by the CDC if they at all deviated from the CDC's protocol, which expressly precluded ivermectin, you know, that Nobel Prize winning drug, six billion doses, give or take, successfully used on all the continents of the earth. But now the government is trying to tell us because... I guess they think we're stupid, that it was always all right to prescribe ivermectin. You know, my own personal doc who prescribed ivermectin for folks at the local hospital, he was shut down by the hospital in prescriptions. And as many of you might know, pharmacies were also shut down. They couldn't give you the drug, even if you could find somebody to just prescribe it for you. And that's because, folks, ivermectin, in my experience, I'm not a doctor, and in the experience of nine personal prescriptions, close friends or acquaintances worked like a charm. It kicked COVID's butt in a matter of days. And the media hopped on it too. You know, horse paste and animal medicine. Think about PSYOPs. Listen to my shows on PSYOPs. Five historical shows on PSYOPs on therightsideradio.com. In other news, there's a guy by the name of Dr. William Makis. He's been tracking died suddenly deaths, which obviously have skyrocketed around the globe. And he completed an analysis of Canadian doctor deaths. And there were two conclusions. Number one, 180 Canadian doctors, all young, by the way, have died suddenly since the vaccine rollout. And Canadian doctor deaths have increased by a remarkable 54% since 2019. What's really interesting is that 40 of them died of turbo cancer. 11 died during exercise. Six died in their sleep. And younger doctors, listen to this, under 30, are now dying at a remarkable 1,100%. That's 1,100% excess mortality rate in 2022 compared to 2019. But, you know, young doctors die all the time, right? I mean, they just keel over. You'll laugh at this one. Pacific Gas and Electric, right? The CEO is Patricia Poppy, P-O-P-P-E. She's now come up with this great idea, and in fact, The California State Legislature actually has proposed a bill. You're going to love this. It's called reverse charging, which, by the way, is a feature already in Ford's F-150 and General Motors is going to put it in all its electric vehicles. If there's a blackout and you plug your car in, guess what? The grid will take the power from your battery and add it back to the grid to get over the blackout. I think they used to call that Indian giving, but I'm not sure that's the proper term now, you know, in this woke village that we live in. There's a guy by the name of Kurt Johnson of the Climate Center, of course. Gee, I wonder who they're funded by. Quote, there are 125 plus vehicle to grid, right? Just the opposite of what you think. You know, you're plugging in to charge your car, but really your battery's putting power back into the grid. Going on globally, he says. In other words, people's cars, folks, are a, I quote, gigantic, unharnessed, untapped power source that can be used. Most vehicles are sitting parked, unused 95% of the time. Let me boil this down your car is now the government's and the power grid's resource. If any of you are seriously considering an electric car, may I make a suggestion? You might want to reconsider. And think about this, if you really want to think of an ironic little twist. Let's say, unfortunately, you had the jab. And let's say, unfortunately, you're experiencing material adverse effects at some point. And you need to get down to the hospital. And you zip out to your electric car because you don't want the earth to incinerate in seven years and you turn the key and it doesn't turn over because the battery's under 10% because while you thought you were charging it all night so that you could go where you needed to go or use it in an emergency ah nope you've been charging the grid all night because they need your power but don't worry because they're gonna pay you for the use of your power folks in fact if they drain your battery down to 10% you're gonna get paid an average of 32 cents as reimbursement. For them using your power. Just a few minutes to go, here's some quick rata tat. The articles are under rat-a-tat-tat and the various categories on the website on the RightSideradio.com on the RightSideradio.com. It seems that quietly the Biden administration, because you know money means nothing, has given Iran seven billion dollars to release five Americans, and of course that money will be used for terrorism. In response, because the Biden administration thought this would make them our friends again. Within two days, they surrounded two U.S. warships in the Straits of Hormuz with scores of small battlecraft and harassed those ships with drones. Iran has also announced a new partnership with Russia on working together on ground troops, ground warfare. Oh, well, this sounds great for Israel. Our friends at the federal government have come out with new emissions regulations. You know, Congress? What's Congress? 90% reductions in some cases, and they all seem targeted at the fertilizer industry, which of course needs petroleum to create fertilizer. People are up in arms. Nobody's heard about this. Mainstream media isn't covering it. But we're talking about a drastic hit to the food supply. Huh. Think about population control. Internationally, The Wagner Group, it looks like its head Tomahawk man, (laughs) Purgoshan, has been downed, killed in an aircraft deal. And it seems, although nobody really knows, and maybe it's just a fake death. Who knows about that? It seems it was downed by a Russian anti-aircraft missile. Maybe it's Putin's revenge, and maybe it's just a head fake. Articles on the web. And the BRICS countries, they're meeting literally right now as I'm doing this show, and they've invited five more countries to join them, including Saudi Arabia. Say bye-bye, petrodollar, and say hello. Problems for the U.S., or should I say, more problems for the U.S. And finally, the Federal Reserve. Did you know that inflation was basically static from the 1770s until 1913, when the government and the private folks that run the Fed, you know, the elites, created the Federal Reserve, and since then, hold on to your bippy, 3,000% inflation from 1914 to now. That's 3,000, 3, 3,000% inflation. And I'm rounding up a little bit. It's really by the government's own statistics. This is the government statistics, 2,920.2%. Ah, oh, I feel much better. And remember Pinto's audios. They're terrific. On the right side We're out of time. This is Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side Radio. Remember, look in the mirror. Repeat after me. And repeat it with conviction. I will muster. I will stand. I will not comply. I will never give in. I will never stop fighting. I will join with those in these United States and around the globe who love freedom as I do. And we will win. Oh, yes, we will. Keep the wind in your back. I'll talk to you next week. Please remember, if you've missed any shows, just click on Show Archive and you'll find all of his shows. We look forward to seeing you here again next week for another episode of Reed Lance Rosenthal on the Right Side.